welcome to That's What She Pled with attorneys Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson from Lurson Goldberg LLC, law powered by women. It's time to shake up the old standards of law and of business. Join these two witty, intelligent, and sassy female business owners who are taking their industry by storm, challenging stereotypes, and shattering ceilings. These two are on a mission to educate, empower, and support not only their own clients, but other powerhouse female entrepreneurs. Come for a laugh and stay for the vibe as Julie and Christina hold nothing back and share the truth of what it is to be female attorneys and business owners through discussion of current events, original stories, and inspiring guests. Now, on to the show. Well, happy Tuesday, everybody. This is the That's What She Pled podcast. This is Christina Goldberg, and I'm here with my law partner, Julie Lurson. Hi, Julie. Good day, everyone. It's April. It's April. And it's been like a dumpster fire for the past March. March. 24th, was it? March 24th. Yeah. So we're talking about some new legislation in Florida. I think an awful lot of people don't really have a reason to know what it is or why it is really that the general public and it was pushed through so quickly that... Really, what we have is top line stuff for most people. Yeah, and really, what we have is some some media coverage that says, "All right, we've gotten these people into check," and the general public is going, "Okay, no more lawyers and no more runaway verdicts." And oh, yeah. So this affects what Christy and I do and have been doing for a long time. So quite naturally, we we have good understanding of all the things that have taken place. And there's been quite a bit. So yeah, March 24th was about the 15th day of Florida's 60-day legislative session. So very early on in the process. And the significant changes to Florida's law with respect to injury claims got passed in record time. And so we thought it might be kind of interesting to take a deeper dive with our audience, get away from sort of the top line headlines, the the usual sorts of greedy trial lawyers pursuing frivolous lawsuits and having juries just run away with this craziness and award huge verdicts. Reference back to an earlier podcast where we talked about the hot coffee case. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, which people still react to. That's oh still gosh. a topic of conversation for, for it's it's amazing to me that they roll their eyes and go, I can't, coffee's <sighs> supposed to be hot. Oh my gosh, you don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, so we've spent, <laughs> we've spent the last couple of weeks trying to protect our clients' rights really is, is what we've been doing. As and, much I as mean, we can. Exactly. You know, 20 hour days trying to get things done and, 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 and things protected. And, and so what, what, what the general public is getting and, and our, our clients are getting is this, oh, can you believe these greedy, greedy plaintiffs trial attorneys, they're filing these suits. And now the, the court system is overwhelmed and look at 85,000 suits filed in, in a week's time. And well, we were left with no choice. So not only did they push this legislation through in record time, I've never seen anything like it. Not only did they do that, but they made it effective Immediately. the day it passed. And so typically you would have a legislative session end and it would be effective July 1st of that year or sometimes even July 1st of the following year. So October that you've 1st. got 
or October right. 1st. I've seen it any number of, of ways so that you've got time. Lead time. Right. To figure out, okay, what are we doing? Not this one. It was, it made it through the last vote and was on the governor's desk and it was signed that day. So March 24th, which is going to end up being a big date for us trying to figure out, okay, dates of loss and, and dates of filing suit and all of that. How do we need to treat cases? Because unfortunately we have to start treating things differently now. Interestingly, and, and to the point of why it was that so many lawsuits were filed in such a short period of time is that we wanted to preserve as many of our clients' positions with respect to their rights under the law as it existed prior to these changes as possible, which mm -hmm. meant we needed to file a lawsuit. Most of the changes are forward-looking, and so they apply to accidents that weren't yet in suit in a lawsuit or haven't even happened yet. And we'll we'll get a little bit deeper into this. We don't want to get too in the weeds. That would not probably be no riveting and thing no. to talk about, but strategy and all of that. I mean, that's for that's the 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 huge groups of of attorneys and the the Florida Justice Association and all of the all of the groups that's what we're doing is working on strategizing and making sure that we can protect our clients because they're, they're no longer protected, sadly. So, I, I think one of the, so let's talk about one of the, one of the first things is that in order to do this, I mean, we couldn't just unilaterally make the decision, Hey, we have to file suit. We, we knew we felt as though we, we needed to, but we really did an in-depth review of all of our cases and tried to do the very, the best we could at figuring out, okay, this one, yes, this one, not going to be the most beneficial right. to the client because everything that we do is for our client's benefit. So and, and we had to contact every single one. Yes. Have this 20 minute discussion with every single one about what do you mean? I'm not ready. This doesn't make sense. And it was crazy, Julie. I don't know if you ran into the same thing, but when I explained to my clients what is going on and what this legislation means, they stopped in their tracks and said, wait a minute. This legislation basically insinuates that you, my attorney, are evil and that me, the injured person who asked for none of this, am it. evil and faking it and, and dramatic. And But don't they understand that I, I didn't want to hire you? I, right. I never would have come to you if the insurance carriers did what they said they were going to do. It was fascinating to me that I got that every single time I talked to a client. Yeah, I Yes, that was the reaction. And yes, do what, I guess, to our credit, we have good relationships with our clients. Mm -hmm. They trust us because, and and I didn't get any real pushback from anybody. I think I had one very deep dive conversation with a client who just, just happens to be a client who likes a lot of detail, but. But we're very blessed know, that we create that relationship with right. our clients that basically they say, I Right. I trust you. I came to you because I trust you. And so let's do what you think is, is best. So that's but where these are we decisions are. for our clients to make. In any case, let's, let's sort of shift and talk about some of the, some of the changes, I guess, maybe mm -hmm. one of the, the, the simplest, easy ones is the statute of limitations, which is a firm bar on pursuing a claim against somebody, um, that exists in the law. And it has always been that if you have not gotten your case either resolved or at least initiated a lawsuit within four years of the accident date, then you've hit your, you've hit the statute of limitations and, and you, you can't do anything further. 
the legislature has now decided that we are going to have a two-year statute of limitations. So it's been cut in half. It's cut um, in half. So for any accident that somebody may be injured in that occurred either or it occurred after March 24th, the statute of limitations is now two years. Mm-hmm. So, Which sounds like a long time. It's not. It's not. <laughs> It's not when you're trying to calculate and compute what future damages are and really how your body's going to heal from something and how severely you're injured and all of, all of that. So it's not all that long, but okay. Two years, we'll, we'll get used to it. We'll get over it. I think probably one of the, one of the biggest problems is this, that there's, there's legislation that says an insurance company has to act in this way, X, Y, Z. They have to do these things. They have to pay these bills. They have to act in good faith and do all of right. all of these things. What this newest legislation did was it said, okay, we're going to leave all that alone. The insurance company has to, has to, has to, but we're going to take away any downside for the insurance company not doing that. Well, so in other words, they no longer have a duty to, for instance, try to get a claim settled quickly and expeditiously because it's in all indications are that they should. Um, they, they have essentially a fiduciary obligation to protect their insured. And if they failed to do that in the past, the other party, actually the insured, had recourse against their insurance company for that breach of the fiduciary duty, bad faith, whatever you want to call it. Now the bad faith law is such that there's really no downside for insurance companies to ignore, deny, delay, defend. And so the incentive has now been taken away to try to work it out. Correct. And allowing an insured who, for instance, has to sue their own insurance policy. You know, when you buy an insurance policy, you believe, rightfully so, that the insurance company is going to do right by you. Well, now the insurance company doesn't have to. So if you as an insured have to sue your own insurance company for the coverage that you bought, have been paying premiums for, and your insurance company is ignoring your claims is looking at, at at established medical damages, is looking at all of the, the different components of your claim and saying, eh, don't think so. You have to sue your own insurance company. The legislation now has, mm-hmm. has taken away your ability to get your attorney's fees paid for because you've had to pursue your own insurance company. And this is, of course, where we get in the media and all of the the, the proponents of this mm-hmm. legislation, we get, well, it's these attorneys and these insurance companies wouldn't be paying out all this money if it weren't for these attorneys. Well, the attorneys wouldn't be getting involved if the insurance companies did what they were supposed to do in the first place. And so what they're doing by this is they're hurting. Yeah, sure. They're hurting the attorneys because we all have to make a living, but they're hurting their own insureds. So they're saying, okay, you bought a hundred thousand dollars in insurance. We're going to hold up our middle finger at you and not pay it. We're going to force you to hire an attorney who works on a percentage fee basis, who has to make a living. So you're going to now hire an attorney and eventually, ultimately, we'll decide, okay, we'll pay the hundred. Well, now you've got $20,000 in costs from having to litigate it and a percentage of attorney's fees. And so now what? You you paid for your $100,000 and you're going to end up with, I mean, 
pennies on the dollar of that. It's not because attorneys are evil. It's because, again, you need someone who understands how to do this, someone who's willing and able to litigate it. But we can't do that for free, just like your doctor can't treat you for free, et cetera. So it's very easy to put a target on an attorney's back and to mm-hmm. put a target on a on a plaintiff's back and say, gosh, you're so greedy. No, I would we right. we wouldn't be in business. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard it a million times when you sit down with a, a prospective client who becomes a new client. They talk to you about how they've been faithful customers of their of Geico or State Farm or or whatever mm-hmm. for decades. Mm-hmm. And as Christy sort of alluded to early on, oftentimes the reason they come to us is because they're getting the runaround. They're not getting answers or or what have you from their insurance companies. And they're just fed up and they're looking for some answers, some assistance. It's not because they thought that this was going to be their big payday and mm-hmm. they could, you know, retire on their personal injury settlement by not at all. So it's right. just sort of another, they gladly accept your premiums. Florida does require auto, everyone who owns an automobile to carry at least some minimum insurance coverage. So, which isn't to say everybody does that, um, mm-hmm. but it is a requirement and the requirements are by all, for all intents and purposes will continue. They may change a little bit. You're, you have no choice. Mm-hmm. You have to pay somebody premium dollars, some entity. Right. They'll so, collect, but pay out. Mm, Good luck. They yeah. like to keep their money invested. Yeah. Well, and, and at this point, again, the, when you, when you take away a downside, it's very interesting when you start seeing the decisions that people, that people make. I mean, I'd love to say that everybody does the right thing because that's what you do, but that's not how it goes, especially when you're a corporation and, and your, your bottom line is, is profit. Your bottom line is dollars and cents. And as an insurance company, that's exactly what it is. I sat in on conversations. Obviously, I can't be specific about who or when or where, but as a defense attorney with, you know, representing insurance companies, I sat in on mm-hmm. on conversations with them Calculated. saying, well, we know that we should pay this, but it actually benefits us not to pay it because only a percentage of people are going to sue us for it. So if we have to pay attorney's fees, we'll do it on that percentage and we'll still save money, even though this is something that we know we should pay across the board. Those are the conversations that are had because their bottom line is, is it's dollars profit. and cents. It's profit. It's profit. So you take away a downside and what we expect to start seeing, for instance, is now everybody has to buy that $10,000 in PIP coverage, that personal injury protection. Well, what we anticipate seeing now, since there's no downside to them not paying it, is that they start sending everybody to uh, what's called an independent medical examination or excuse me, compulsory medical examination. That's basically when your own insurance company says, well, okay, you were in a car accident. We don't think you're hurt. So we're going to tell your treating doctor who says, I, you need continued care. Hold on. Let us send you to a doctor you've never met, never treated with, and he'll do an evaluation on you. And he'll make the determination about whether you're hurt or she, excuse me. Why am I saying he? Anyway, he or she will make the determination as to whether you're hurt. Well, this is a doctor that's bought and paid for by mm-hmm. your insurance company. And that doctor, nine times out of 10, is going to say, you're not you're hurt. You're fine now. Right. Or they, you because, were never hurt or you're, you're, you're all better. Right. 
Because the doctor is being paid for his or her time by your insurance company. And if they want to continue getting paid by your insurance company, guess what they're going to say? You're not hurt. So then your benefits are going to get cut off. The benefits that you are being mandated paying, to pay for. Right. Can't stop paying for, have to pay for, you but have your to benefits pay, will be cut off. Yeah. You have to pay for benefits to the tune of $10,000 worth, but yeah. they can cut you off a lot sooner than that and pocket the difference. Yeah, they can at any time. Which so is we'll why I, tomorrow I'm going, I'm sitting in with one of my clients who is being required to attend a compulsory medical examination. So yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. actually with us. We do that every single time. So every I time paid our mm-hmm. calendars are going to be super full. I, I understand not a lot of attorneys do that. Having, having talked with other, with colleagues and it's, they it's really interesting. Should. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of times they go, you, you go with your clients. Heck yes. Every time. So what else? Oh, here's another important change in the law or significant change in the law. And that is the law of what we call comparative fault or contributory negligence. Let's say Christy and I are in an accident and it's kind of her fault and it's kind of my fault. Um, Who had the the red light? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No cameras, no witnesses. I say I had green. She says she had green. Yeah. So it's not entirely clear, you know, who's predominantly at fault, but under the law that existed until March 24th, that was just sort of a matter to negotiate. You know, I could, I could be 99% at fault. Christy could be 1% at fault and I could still seek damages from her. I would be entitled to 1% of my 1%. damages, but I, I still had a legitimate claim. They've now, the, the, the change in the law is that if I am at least, if I am over 50% at fault, I'm barred hard pass. I cannot get anything out of Christy or her insurance company anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit of a windfall for her. And so, oh, by the way, if you enjoy riding a motorcycle in Florida and you enjoy the fact that if you're over, if you're 21 or over, you do not have to wear a helmet, you know, that's one thing. However, should you get injured in an accident there's a good chance that, you know, a jury at least might buy into the idea that, yeah, you know what, if you'd seen fit to wear a helmet, things would be different, but we're going to find you at least 50% at fault or over 50% Mm -hmm. at fault. And you know what, you're out of luck. Maybe you didn't wear your seatbelt in an accident and you did a face plan on the steering wheel. You know, there, there can be any number of circumstances in which you're going to find yourself um, not with any real recourse other than that you have $10,000 worth of PIP benefits if right. you happen to be in a car accident. Right. There is no and PIP for motorcycles. So you're on your unless own. Unless you buy it specifically, but yeah. Right. right. And we take on a lot of cases that mm-hmm. have a questionable liability, meaning we'll have someone call us going, okay, I was ticketed, but I am telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. This was not my fault. Here's the facts. And I don't understand why I was ticketed. There are no witnesses. How could I be ticketed for this? We take on quite a few of those when we feel as though, okay, this is this is valid. I mean, sometimes we make the decision, look, there's nothing I can do to fight this. It's pretty clear you were at fault. You just don't want to admit it. Excuse me. Yes, you. Thanks so much for listening to That's What She Pled. We hope you're enjoying it so far. 
If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at lawpoweredbywomen.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. Took on one fairly recently, fought the ticket. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, Laura did a fantastic job in our office and and fought that ticket for for our client. Got it dismissed. And got it dismissed. And so here we are. Now, this is one that I actually filed suit on to, to beat this, the passing of this legislation because it was a liability issue. And I didn't know what was going to happen with the ticket. So trying to get this worked out. Now we have the tickets been dismissed, but now we're back to basically, I guess our starting line is 50, 50 because right. it is, it's a red light, green light. Who, who was at fault? But now I'm at 50, 50 and trying to figure out where do we go from here? That's going to change the way that we're able to help people. I mean, the truth is between our clients and God, really. I mean, that's our clients and whoever the higher power is that they believe in. That's where the truth lies. And and what we can do is try to use our best judgment in, in, in making that claim and, and, and really fighting for cases we believe in. But this is, this is to me, it's taking away our ability to, to make a really fair legal judgment on it and be able to help people. Mm. Oh, awful. Trip and falls. Yeah. I, it's going to come up in a lot more scenarios mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in which There's, it's oh. not clearly slam dunk. I was minding my own business and bam. Right. Right. And I think it's going to be used as an excuse by the insurance companies just to now start with denial. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just flat starting with deny, deny, deny. And mm-hmm. so our job is certainly, we're gonna have to pivot. Our job is going to get harder here, but there's so, gosh, there's so many other parts of this bill. I mean, a lot of people are probably sort of going, okay, is this going to be fought? Is it going to go to court? I think this legislation, Julie, tell me if you disagree, but this is going to go to court over and over and over again Oh, because uh, the legislature Are the legislative changes going to be questioned themselves? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the there's going to be a lot here, more lawsuits. Yeah. The language is just so fluffy and it leaves so much room for interpretation in a lot of, in a lot of areas, Confusion, but it's going to take a really, ambiguity. really long time. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a really long time. I know that there is a team of constitutional law appellate attorneys working on going through just word by word here and, and figuring out what can, what they can take to mm-hmm. court right now to challenge this on a constitutional basis. But until that's done, and that's going to take a very long time anyway. Uh, but until that's done, we're here we are. We, we've got an attack on the attorney-client privilege. Um, specifically, any if anybody who's listening has ever hired an attorney or is, or is thinking about it, you sort of know when you're in a car accident, you're in a tough spot. Your primary care physician won't see you. They're going to send you somewhere else. There are certain doctors who will treat an auto crash, but they won't accept health insurance. Health insurance. Or there's, I mean, there are so many doctors who won't touch auto. And especially since the passing of this boy, it's going to be, it's going to be even more, even hard, harder. Right. And so when you're working with, and and with the health insurance, I mean, how many providers do we know that they won't touch BCBS or they won't touch United or whatever it is more and more as a client, you're looking to your attorney to say, help me. Where do I go? I'm hurt. It wasn't my right. fault. But nobody wants to treat me. They'll take my PIP insurance, but that's a limited Mm -hmm. bucket of benefits. Mm -hmm. Then what do I do? Right. What if I need surgery? Now what? And here we are in a position of trying to make those recommendations. Now, the way that Julie and I do it, I, I would like to think is different from a lot of firms in that we have 
a personal connection relationship with any of the the practitioners that we work with. We trust them. We don't play a game of quid pro quo. Right there. We don't, we don't play that game. We don't have a list. We don't have, we're not tracking how beneficial this may or may not be to us. Right. Some do that. We don't, we just want to make good referrals for our clients. In other words, send them to people who we believe are good practitioners and will take good care of our clients. But one of the trade-offs is that some of these providers who are willing to treat are obviously they're in business. They want to get paid for the care they provide. They understand that these clients can be in a bind with respect to how their treatment gets paid for. And so they are willing to extend you know, a period, they're willing to wait to get paid. And they know that the injury case successfully resolves, they can expect to be paid. Well, that's an untoward relationship, I guess, in the eyes of many. And so it's something that needs to be uncovered and revealed because it is just, like I said, somehow untoward. And so for instance, Now the law allows that information to be explored by the other side, including to the, to the tune of what we talk about with our clients. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, here's someone that you might potentially consider going to see, and we know them to be, you know, good at what they do and they will work with us. Yeah. It's invading, invading that privilege that exists between us and our, and our clients in which, you know, we can have frank open discussions we could, I think we could talk forever on this. There's a, probably a much more in-depth portion of the statute that's going to be problematic. It has to do with your medical expenses. So when you're, mm-hmm. when you're in an accident or a, a slip and fall or when, when you've been injured as a result of the negligence of someone else, it used to be that you can present the the total of your reasonable medical expenses to a jury and that the jury can take those into consideration and the jury can use those to calculate what your future medical expenses would be of of course along with proof and recommendations and such but you know if it if it cost x amount of money for chiropractic care every week that's an expense that should be placed in front of in front of a jury. And for all of these reasons, this is because there's only certain doctors who will see you when you've been injured. There's certain doctors who are or are not contracted with your health insurance company or all of these reasons. That's been changed dramatically, drastically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So despite the fact that, for instance, in one section of the, the statute mm-hmm. that, that remains, the legislation that remains, is that, okay, of the Medicare fee schedule is a reasonable amount. Okay. That still exists. Well, in this new section, what it says is we're going to let you show 120% of Medicare as a reasonable charge. Okay. Legislature, which is it? Which is it? Mm -hmm. So now we're taking bona fide spent money and medical expenses. And we're telling someone who has incurred all of these bills well, that's cool, but we're not going to let you collect all of that. But I've spent it. There are no words. I don't know where I don't know where else to go with that. And the same thing is going to apply to futures and futures. Hi, inflation. And do, mm-hmm. do we do we get to consider any of that? The fact no. that our client is 23 years old and doesn't want to have a surgery that the client desperately needs, but the doctor is saying is going to need. You're 23. Don't do it yet, but you're going to. You're, yeah, you have a life expectancy of 60 more years. 
Right. Let's not start down the path of having every 10 years, having to have you go under the knife. Now, if you can avoid it, avoid it. That happens all the time. Well, but now the insurance company gets to look at it and say, well, we're going to give you present value according to 120% of current <laughs> Medicare rates. Right. Or, or some other ridiculous percentage of, of Medicaid rates. It's mm -hmm. just, this is what we're doing. And this is again, because attorneys are evil and plaintiffs are terrible people. Really? That's what's happening. Or insurance companies don't really want to have to pay out as much. Yeah. Oh. So if we, if it feels <laughs> like, you know, there's steam coming out of, you know, our, our ears and noses and mouths, you know, we are frustrated. Um, yeah. That is true. But we're also, I think, in a good constructive frame of mind in terms of how to strategically deal with the new landscape that we're on. Mm -hmm. There'll still be lots more to sort of iron out, figure out, fight, fight about, but all is not lost. And no, it's a good time to pivot. And we've been pushed right outside of our comfy normal. little, how we've always done it. And we've gotten really good at doing it this way. Now we've been pushed. And so we're ready to push back, push, push back ahead. and push right, ahead. Push fighting. Ahead. It's, it's uncomfortable just because now when we have clients reaching out going, so what's going to happen? <laughs> I, I do not know. And you're looking at me for guidance, client. And I am I look and, and sound like an idiot when I tell you I don't know. Because we can't, it's too soon. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks. And I, I was talking to Julie this morning about it and said, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to start watching as things start coming in. And we're both just, okay, which which insurance companies are already pushing back. We've already had a mm -hmm. few reach out and mm -hmm. go, was this placed in suit? Why yep. would you be asking that? They know exactly what they're doing. So all the commercials and all of the, all of the, everything that you hear that say, well, the, the insurance companies have attorneys on their side. Oh heck yes, they do. And they are, they are ready to start deny, deny, deny. So I have a feeling to be completely honest that it's, I think more people are going to start hiring attorneys because they're going to realize very quickly. Oh. And more, more lawsuits will be filed because mm -hmm. fewer, fewer will get settled. Yeah. So to the extent that this was meant to, I guess, thwart or limit mm -hmm. quote unquote, all these frivolous lawsuits that are filed, I, it's, it's not. Well, that didn't go that way. No. Uh, so no. Anyway. Huh. We're exhausted and More emotional about it, <laughs> but it's going to be, you know, it'll be, it'll be fine, but sort of a, that's a, a 20,000 foot view of what has just the paradigm shift. Yeah. That, that what just smacked us in the face. Oh. Anyway. All right. Well, I Happy think we April. I know. <laughs> and it's not even an April 1st joke. I think no. we did it. I, you know, we're, we're here. We're always willing to answer questions. If anybody listening does have any, any additional ones, you know, we're happy to provide whatever information we can, always. but that's where we're at. We'll keep you posted. We'll keep giving you good little tidbits and figure out what we're going to do next. And we'll, uh, we'll pivot to something probably a little lighter for our next. Yeah. Podcast. Let's find something happy. Yes. Paint I know. Showers bring May flowers. Exactly. Anyway. All right. I need more coffee. All right. Well, so this has been, that's what she pled. Um, we're Julie and Christy. We're at www.lawpoweredbywomen.com. Reach out, say hi. 
let us know. Actually, we have some new commercials out yeah, uh, we that we've gotten about. some great feedback about. Um, they were super fun to shoot and totally different than anything that we have had airing before. And we've actually yeah, had a different. couple of people reach out about them. So that's super fun. Yep. So yeah. So there we are. And y'all have a, a fantastic week and we'll catch up with you next time. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to That's What She Pled podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lurson Goldberg lawyers. The content has been made available for general informational and educational purposes only and may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. The content is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice from your individual attorney, and the information provided does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice.